episode 15. Welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Hopefully you checked out last week's episode with Josiah Alapate called Faith and Fitness. We had a great conversation and I loved the correlation he made with spiritual dehydration and physical dehydration and how we need the living water. So make sure you check that out. He brought the fire. And I'd like to let you know about a chance to support this ministry through our Patreon. Thank you to my Patreon supporters. If you're interested in receiving the benefits of being a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com slash discerningdad, where you also get a chance to get an autographed copy of my book, Everyday Discernment. And for today, my friend Patrick Antonucci is back. He runs a ministry called Dad Hackers. He has a podcast. He has a mastermind group. He was on the launch of my podcast. I've been on his podcast. And he's back today for a longer conversation, which I think you're going to enjoy. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Well, welcome to the podcast again today. I'm excited to have back with me one of my friends, Patrick Antonucci. He was here for the launch, and he's back today. We're going to have a longer conversation. So welcome to the show, Patrick. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. How's, uh, how's 2020 going for you? Oh, uh, you know, it's fantastic. Haven't had a better year in my entire life. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's definitely been a roller coaster. But I've uh, been trying to roll with the punches and um, have good discernment as I go through. Yeah, all the, all the <laughs> plans and, and strategies we had going into this year kind of thrown out the window. But hey, there's some consistent themes and things that uh, maybe, you know, hopefully things are strengthened in a good way, like our prayer life and our time yeah, with God yeah. and having more well, time. Yeah, t- two things that really stick out to me is the ingenuity of, of the human race in general that that God created and just how quickly people have begun to adapt, whether you agree with what's happening or not. Like a lot of businesses have had to adapt and they're figuring it out. For example, this whole curbside pickup, a lot of places didn't offer that before and now everywhere has curbside pickup. And, And I just like to see how the, the businesses are adapting in churches too. Like Our church started doing online services back in March. We never did that before. We've recorded sermons and put them online, but we never did online services before. And a lot of churches are doing that now. And it's really opening the doors for a lot of people to to hear the message of Christ. People that like don't go to church, but would watch it online, at least opening the door for the gospel. And and I think it's just just amazing. Yeah. Same with our church. In that respect. Yeah. Well, tell us uh, real quick, for those that don't know you, about yourself and your your family and and what you do. Sure. Well, I I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I always like to start off with that. My parents divorced when I was five. I primarily lived with my mom, went went with my dad on the weekends, almost every weekend. I had a a fairly good relationship with both of them, uh, but definitely came from a broken home. My dad was not a spiritual influence in any way, shape, or form, very worldly. And my mom always had a spiritual side to her, but that didn't really come more to fruition in my life until I was about 12 or 13 when we started 
attending church more. And, and that's, that's when I became a Christian and when was immersed into Christ uh, when I was about 13 years old. And at, at that time, I, I fell away for a while. I started hanging out with a lot of kids at school that were not Christians and, and got into some unchristian like activities, yeah. <laughs> if you will, until <laughs> uh, I was about 19. And that's when I like to say God hit me upside the head and kind of knocked me back into my senses. And from, from the time that I've been about, about 19 years old, I've been uh, more intentionally walking the straight and narrow path, of course, with the Holy Spirit's help. And I don't do it perfectly, obviously. Nobody can. Right. Um, my wife and I have been married for 16 years. And we, we met in church. Her dad was uh, the associate preacher at our church that I had gone to, that, that I, it's the only church I'd really gone to. And he was only there for a couple years. It was like God had him there long enough for Jessica and I to meet. And we met, we met hit it off really well, uh, in, engaged nine months later, married four months after that. And now 16 years later, God's really blessed us. And we have five kids. Uh, at the time of this recording, my youngest is five. My oldest is 13 and a half, and uh, we've homeschooled them since day one, and uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of work for my wife. Uh, I help out where I can, uh, but it's definitely worth it. And so the, the thing I run into is that I'm trying to become something I've never seen. Like I said, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I don't know what a functioning marriage looks like from personal experience. I don't know what what a godly father and husband looks like from personal experience because I didn't have that growing up. So I'm trying to become something I've never seen. Um, and so I started reading books, started you know reading blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos, attending conferences, workshops, you know, just trying to soak up as much as I could to become uh, more of who God is, has called and created me to be. And then about two and a half years ago, I got, the idea to start dad hackers. And I pretty much started that with a Facebook group, just invited some Christian dad friends of mine. Cause I really wanted to surround myself with other men who had the same intentions. You want your, your Christian, your father, and, and you want to become better. And so I started that. And then uh, June of 2018 is when I launched the dad hackers podcast. And on there, we primarily interview Christian men who either have an expertise in an area that's relevant to Christian men or older men who have begun to put into effect a multi-generational legacy of faithfulness. Like their kids are Christians, their grandchildren are becoming Christians. And, and I just want to pick their brains and, and really, you know, see what, well, what, what kind of things did you do and, and how was your family life set up and those kind of things. And then I, I do some solo episodes on there as well, just topics that come up and um, you know, it, it's been really good. And we also have a, a membership group called the Iron Man Mastermind, and and that's uh, that's really good. So I by day I'm a, a high school math teacher for an online school here in Pennsylvania, and so by night I do dad hackers. <laughs> <laughs> that is your superpower. Yes, definitely. <laughs> that's cool. I love that story because you know, you know, some ministries start because a person has knowledge and they're going to share it with people, and you're started because you were seeking. And you mm. had discernment to know that, hey, I don't have it all together. I need to surround myself with guys that have more knowledge than me from different walks of life, from different age ranges, and interview them and learn yourself. And while right. you're learning, you're, you're sharing that journey with other people. 
And that's a great example, I think, for anybody, dads or not, that, you know, first step is to realize your weaknesses, where you need help in, and then seek out that knowledge because there's so much knowledge out there. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but know exactly where you're struggling with and then find people that can speak into that and find ways to grow in those specific areas. You know, not all of us need to grow in how to control anger, for example, but if that's something you're struggling with, maybe there's a brother in the Lord that has overcome that. Maybe they've can share their journey that, Hey, I struggled this, with this for 10 years. You don't need to go through everything that I mm-hmm. went through because I want to walk through it with you. And so that's a great example of discernment and, and knowing where we need to be built up in as iron sharpens another. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard, you know, it, it's good to learn from your experiences, but it's even better to learn from other people's experiences, yeah. um, particularly their mistakes and failures and setbacks. So that hopefully you don't have to make those same ones. You can make bigger ones <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and, and learn more. Cool. Well, I want to get to know the dad behind the hacker. Ooh. So uh, got some icebreaker questions for you here. So what would all you right. say your favorite movie of all time is? Yeah, we were just talking about this before we hit the record button. And um, <laughs> I was discussing this question with my wife because I'm like, I hate these kind of questions. What's your favorite this <laughs> or your favorite that? Like, I don't ha- I, I normally don't have a favorite favorite. Um, I have different things that I like. And uh, years ago, my wife and I and some friends before we had kids, we watched uh, Zoolander with uh, Ben Stiller yeah. and it. And I was like, that's, that's a movie I really like. It's funny. Th- there are some very inappropriate things in there. And she was like, maybe that's not the best thing to share on a uh, <laughs> Christian based podcast. And I was like, yeah, maybe not. So I just confessed that. But, yeah. um, but you and I were, were talking about the, the series called the chosen, which there's, about eight, eight episodes out right now. And it chronicles the early days of Jesus's ministry. And I think eventually they want to, they want to make more episodes and go through yeah. his whole life. And it is phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's on par with some of the best production I've ever seen yeah. um, come out of the, the Christian sphere, as well as, you know, if you remember when the passion of the Christ came out and how like impactful that was, this is on that level yeah. or even higher. I mean, it's just, it's just phenomenal. And I love it. <laughs> I yeah. cry every episode. I'm in tears. I mean, my eyes are sweating. Yeah. And um, I know I yeah. want to watch it again because it was, it was very impactful. It took me like two episodes to get into it to kind of realize what yeah. they were going for. And once I was in, I was like hooked. And oh, yeah. how they brought, you know, real world scenarios to the time frame and what the disciples were, you know, a lot of it's conjecture, but, you know, they, they had real lives. They had real hopes and dreams yeah. and, they had fears of the Roman oppression and they were believing in a Messiah that would come and save them. And, you know, how Jesus came as a humble servant and how he chose them was just so Mm -hmm. impactful to see. And um, I would encourage everyone to check that out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And two things, they, they do fill in on a lot of background information and they create back backstories for a lot of the characters. Of course, this stuff isn't in the Bible. It's just a lot of, like you said, a lot of speculation, and I also recommend it, watching it a second time with the subtitles on because mm. sometimes it's hard to understand exactly what they're saying or they're pronouncing something in Hebrew or something like that. And uh, you, you pick up a lot more the second time through, especially with the subtitles on. Exactly. All right. Well, you love these favorite questions, so let's keep it going. So. Yeah. Yeah. Keep far away. 
If you could be a fruit, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> I really hate those questions because those are like, are you serious? I don't know what fruit. What's your spirit animal? Animal I'm going to be. Yeah. Okay. So how about a favorite author? Um, I really like uh, John Maxwell. He, he's got some good, really good content on, on leadership. And there is a guy called Jack Cottrell is his name. And he writes a lot of books on theology. He has a, a book called Faith Once for All. And it's a super thick book on systematic theology. I've got it somewhere behind me on my bookshelf. <laughs> but I mean, this guy's like super deep, super insightful, and really, really picks apart the scriptures in a good way and can really mine some of the deep truths and, and pull it together. So, yeah. That's awesome. What about some hobbies, things you like to do in your quote free time? Um, free time. What is that? Yeah. Right. No. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy, I, yeah, I actually enjoy running. Uh, I, I ran this morning. I've been doing some on a treadmill. We have a local bike trail right in walking distance from my house. Now they just opened it up last August. And, uh, I just love putting some like electronic music on, on my headphones and go do three miles. And, uh, it, it feels really good to get the, the exercise and the movement and, you know, just clear my head out. And it's, uh, I enjoy that. I also like reading, which is weird because I hated reading growing up, but I read for like knowledge and information. Now I just finished reading the book called the 12 week year. And, um, it's all about goal setting and, mm. and, uh, getting results and, and being consistent. And it's, it was really good, really, really good book. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to jump into talking about marriage here. So uh, this yeah. is not just for dads, but there will be dads listening and also wives and, and all the whole spectrum. So uh, thinking back to, and you've been married for, was it 15 years now? 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were pretty close yeah. to me. I'm coming on 15. So having discernment in our marriage, you know, we make key decisions almost every day, it seems like, but there's some bigger decisions than others. There's routines that we've maybe grown in or um, not implemented maybe soon enough. So thinking back to your time as, as a husband in your marriage, what are some key decisions you made, either good or bad, that helped grow and strengthen your marriage? Uh, a couple things, good and bad, I'll, I'll mention. One is having a weekly date night. Our night is Thursday. And almost never do we actually go out of the house, but we put the kids down and then we'll watch some Netflix, watch some YouTube or something like, just like chill out together. And we really try to make it a point to not schedule anything Thursday night. Once in a while it happens and that happens, but we really try to protect that night um, and that evening. And particularly for parents who are right in the trenches of raising children, when you have young children at home and you, you can't really leave them home alone for a long period of time, even our kids will, will like, go out for maybe an hour and leave them home because our, our daughter's trained in babysitting and our son's 13 and a half. And so they can handle things pretty good. Nice. Um, but it's okay to not go out on a date to a restaurant every week. You know, you, you hear people talk about have a weekly date night, have a weekly date night, but get creative. Your dates can be on your back porch, in your backyard, around your campfire ring and those kind of things but having that consistent time. And it's also a time where we're not really planning or strategizing. Sometimes we just talk and that's fine. 
and that's another thing is have a time where you can plan and strategize at, at least once a week. And we've been doing that. We'll plan out our meals. We'll coordinate our schedules. What do you have going on? What do I have going on? What do the kids have going on? Um, and, and I'll tell you, in my journey with podcasting, nothing made my life happier than finding out 15 minutes before I had a podcast interview that I had a podcast interview. <laughs> and I say that sarcastically because yeah. uh, that, that didn't make her enjoy my podcasting <laughs> at all. Right. So when we have this weekly meeting, uh, we, we get it all out on the table about what's going on. And that's really helped in our communication. Another area, and, and this might be getting into another question that, that you, you might ask, is with understanding my wife's intuition. And what I mean by that is she has an intuition in a sense in her that I don't have. She has a perspective and a lens and a filter that she looks through life at that I don't have. And it's very valuable. And it's taken me a long time to realize that because the way she looks at things is different is actually very valuable. In a bad way that this happened was uh, I taught high school math at a brick and mortar school here in Pennsylvania for seven years. And I really, really wanted to get out. And I like contrived this plan to get out and carried it out. And uh, she wasn't really 100% on board with the plan. And I took like a tremendous pay cut, um, didn't have benefits, didn't have our retirement. But it, it was just like a really bad situation that I wanted to get out of immediately. And there was a lot of selfishness on my part. And that kind of set us back for a couple of years. Uh, I've since then got back into teaching. Uh, I teach for an online school now, like I said at the beginning. And, it, and I, I like it. I mean, it, it's pretty cool how it all works out. Yeah. But had I listened more to her intuition and her perspective and her point of view, it may have saved us a couple of years of hard times. Right. Um, and even more recently, um, my father is, is old. He's elderly. Um, he had me later in life and he had four other children that are old enough to be my parents. Mm. And right now he's, he's in a season where he's almost at the point where he can't live by himself and, uh, it's it's a difficult situation in in the family right now between my myself and my siblings and understanding that my wife has good perspective and good insight i know to go to her and say babe what do you think about this yeah cuz she's removed from the right. deep emotional side of that situation and uh she's she's really helping me work through that that makes a lot so. of sense did I answer and your question? Absolutely. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was long winded. Sorry. <laughs> and going back to date night, you know, that's, that's a good reminder because uh, I have a mentor who did our premarital counseling. And every time I see him, it's a, he's, his name is pastor Sean. And every time I see him, he's like, you guys having your date night. And usually it's like, Oh, you know, okay, not really. But he's always like a reminder, like we need to have it. And, and I, I have found when we do have it on our schedule, it has helped us grow. And I think it's great wisdom that you don't have to go out, you don't, cause it's this big ordeal. Like, where are we going to eat? How are we going to get a babysitter? What's our time yeah. frame? You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be that every time it can just be a committed time between the two of you to engage in conversation, to, to, to unwind, to do whatever. Right. And I think that's a great reminder for me. And I hope hopefully all the couples listening is that um, it doesn't have to be a big production. So that's great. 
Yeah. And just to say a couple more things on that, not every marriage has the same familial support. So for example, some husbands and wives have excellent relationships with with their parents and their in-laws. And at any moment they can call them and they'll come over and watch the kids. And it's very easy, but not everybody has that situation. Some, some marriages, you know, there's dysfunction in the family. The relationship piece isn't there with the parents. They don't have a babysitter, you know, at their beck and call, or maybe they live out of town and, you know, they're, they're not close to family who can just come over and watch the kids and, you know, you're not really comfortable just leaving your kids with anybody or leaving them by yourself. So, you know, I understand the importance of having a date night and getting out. And I do recommend doing that when you can, but don't feel bad if, if that's impossible and you just have to get creative and have a, an in-home date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to move on to parenting, having discernment as parents. Uh, you know, I feel from my experience and what I've seen is that most parents just do kind of the best they know how, either from the experiences that were modeled to them or just what comes naturally. And a lot of times parents feel like they're failing. Honestly, most of us feel like we're doing something wrong, we're, we're not doing something right. And so what, do, what would you say to parents who maybe feel that way or that want to grow in knowledge and confidence in what they're doing and to help them know that you're doing the right thing or you need to seek another avenue to help you? Yeah, I, I think the most revolutionary thing I've ever encountered with respect to parenting is getting connected with the National Center for Biblical Parenting. Um, it's run by Dr. Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller. Um, I've had Scott on my podcast. I went through his parent coaching program with him and being coached by him. And then I went through the coaching program that he has to become a a parent coach uh, myself. And two of the books that he's written a number of books with he and Joanne Miller. Uh, the first one is Motivate Your Child. And the other one is called Parenting is Heart Work. They are phenomenal, phenomenal books. Yeah. A lot of parenting books that I've read often talk on the, the theoretical level or they come at it from more of a, a behavioral standpoint. And just like the one book's title is Parenting is Heart Work, these, these books, they're all their books, really approach parenting as teaching and training the heart and the mind of your child from a Christian perspective. And there's very, very detailed practical applications, um, examples, what to do step by step. I mean, it, it's been revolutionary because I didn't grow up with that. So I don't have that in me. And I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people don't. You know, in Ephesians chapter six, it talks about uh, train up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There is that command for, for us as fathers. But then like the how to, I think they really, really cover it. And I mean, it, I can't speak more highly of, of these two books. And they, they have a lot of other books as well. But if you're going to start with one, I'd start with the Motivate Your Child book. And I'm currently rereading that as well. And every time I read it, it's just, whoa. Yeah. 
I mean, that, it, yeah, those are good resources. And I think that it can be overwhelming when you look at like the parenting section of the bookstore or something. It's like, there's just too much. And we tend to, I think some people just like, there's too much knowledge or there's too, I don't know where to start. I'm just going to yeah. figure it out. And I would caution against that because, you know, learn from those that have gone before us, like we talked earlier and, and get those resources and apply them. Don't just read for head knowledge, but actually apply them. Just like we don't read the Bible for head knowledge, we apply the Bible. And, yeah. but at the same point, you know, even having the knowledge of how to parent, we have to realize too, you know, there'll be days when we are going to fail. There'll be days when we don't do it right. There'll be days when we feel like things are crashing around us or our children are not, uh, falling into the mold we thought they were going to you know fall into according to right. whatever you know we had so i would just say that you know it's first of all bring yourself to a point of where you can repent if if you do fail as a parent and your children know it maybe there's been one instance or maybe it's been a a long time span when you have failed let your children know they love it when you come to them and most of the time like if i apologize to my son he's like okay you know kind of like Sure. But you still model that to them and say, I did this thing wrong. Would you forgive me? And I think that goes a long way, not just for the moment, but to be an example to them on how they can ask for forgiveness too when they mess up. Yeah. And, and they, they cover that aspect in the book. Let me, let me back up a step in, in talking about this because this is a subject very near and dear to my heart. I think a lot of parents... Well, one, we all, I think we always revert back to how we were raised. Yeah. That's like our default. We go back to that. And a lots of times that was dysfunctional or wrong. And, um, but that's all we know. Mm-hmm. So, but you have to be very, very intentional and kind of shift your perspective on parenting. Parenting isn't just telling your kids when they're wrong and doling out consequences. There is a big piece of parenting that a lot of parents miss and that is the teaching and the training and the coaching and the repetition of all that and the time it takes and the energy and the frustration that you go through that we miss so for for example if um you know when when your kids come into the house and they just throw their stuff everywhere that frustrates you and lots of times you'll be like okay go ahead go get your shoes hang up your jacket put your book bag away all that stuff but like every single time you're telling them to do that and nothing changes. Well, have you ever had a, a training session where you train them how to actually come in the house appropriately or sit at the dinner table or, you know, how to greet a new person rather than just like have your hands in your pockets and hide behind <laughs> mommy's leg Yeah, there at the floor, you know, and they're not going to get it the first time you teach them. It takes right. lots and lots of repetition I heard a a line recently and it's like, if you want different things, if you want different results, you have to do different things and do things differently. And that very much applies to parenting. If you want different results with your children, you have to do different things and do things differently. And and teaching and training your children in, in the discipline and of this instruction of the Lord not only requires a change for them, but it, it requires a change for you as the parent as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very significant aspect to that. That's good. So you talk in your ministry too about one of your goals is 
having multi-generational faithfulness Mm -hmm. as a goal for the dads. And, you know, thinking about multi-generations, let alone one generation, it consists of discernment with hundreds, if not thousands of decisions, right? So how does someone stay consistent while keeping a vision they have for their family at the forefront, but knowing that the journey is going to be rough and, you know, you might sway to the left or right, but how do you stay on that path? Yeah, there's, there's a lot in that. Um, I, I think having that, that big compelling vision helps you stay on the path and motivate you whenever you don't feel like doing it. Understanding that the tiny little decisions you make every day add up over the long run to a huge result. So for example, it's not the trip to Disneyland, you know, this massive trip that costs you thousands of dollars that this once in a lifetime experience, that's not what's going to make or break your family. It's the day in day out routines and intentional things that you do with your family. And I think we need to understand that you can't ignore your family for months and then take them on a big trip and then expect that to be able to make up for it. Right. Uh, I heard a, another quote, uh, and I'm not going to say it for verbatim, but it was basically like this, di- this false dichotomy between quality time and quantity time. Yeah. And there, so the thing you run into is that what you think is going to be quality time may not be quality time. It probably isn't quality time for your kids. And what you didn't think was quality time for your kids might be quality time. The only way you're going to hit that target consistently is if you spend quantities of time engaged with your children. So like when you're home, not just being physically present, but being like mentally present as well. So like you could be home for multiple hours, but be on your phone (laughs) all those hours or out in the garage tinkering with this or that or woodworking or working on the car. Um, and it's okay to have hobbies, but I'm, I'm just throwing out some examples. But the biggest thing is, is being consistent and persistent and intentional and purposeful in the things that you do. Having routines that you do with your children. Um, having uh, traditions that you do with your family. Just like the date night with your wife. You have to intentionally invest in your children. Not just time hanging out with them, but invest in them. I, th- I think a, a big misnomer is that, you know, just like we send our kids to school to learn academics, we send our kids to church to learn about God and Jesus Christ. If, you're, if your kid's experience with God is that 30 minutes of that object lesson in the church youth group or in the church, you know, kid ministry, whatever it is, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. That's not enough. And, and in fact, it's, it's not the church's primary job and role exactly. to raise your, your kids spiritually. That's your job as a father and by extension as a mother as well. Right. And like you said, being intentional with the time, like you might only have 30 minutes with your child, but that can be more impactful than three hours of just randomly watching a TV show with them. If -hmm. you're intentional about doing something that's important to them, you know, talking with them, whatever it is that your child needs in that 30 minutes, that can be impactful because like you said, it's intentional. And so we don't have to just throw hours and hours into 
our kids if it's not impactful, I- impacting them in the right way. And, you know, on the opposite side of that, we can't just make it up with a vacation or, you know, bringing a present home to them because you're, you feel guilty about not feel spending guilty. time with yeah. them. You know, that, that doesn't, right. that might mask it in a moment, but that doesn't make up for it in the long run. Yeah. And there's going to be different seasons in your life where maybe you have to work extra hours or take a second job or go back to school or whatever other circumstances. There are going to be seasons in your life and that's okay. But in each of those different seasons where your time availability fluctuates, make sure you are intentional and purposeful about fully engaging with your children and, and not just being there, but investing, depositing eternal investments in their souls and in their hearts and in their minds, because you'll, you'll never, never get this time back. Exactly. Never. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal Yeah, because <laughs> it just keeps ticking by. Yeah. And when you realize it's going away, sometimes it's too late. If it's down the road, you're like, I can't get it back. That's a, a lesson I think we learn later in life, but the earlier we learn it, the better. Yeah, exactly. All right, Patrick, I have one more question for you today. So the Bible says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, Philippians 2, 3. As, as parents and as spouses, we often want to satisfy ourselves, but a lot of times that's at, at the expense of those around us. So how would you say we balance about getting what we, quote, want versus doing what is for the good of the family or our relationship? First thing that comes to mind with that is establishing good routines in your life. So this summer, what, what I've done is I've gotten up at six o'clock every morning with a few exceptions. And that's when I do my Bible reading and prayer and journaling. And that's really uh, what fills my cup at those times. And I, I also do some running and working out and that, that helps me, you know what I'm saying? And then I do, do my stuff with the dad hackers but I, I think having those good routines helps me and getting up before just about everybody else is up, that, that really helps me get the time, you know, some me time, if you right. will, if you want to call it that. And then I'm, I'm available for my kids. And also back to this idea of seasons, realize that you're in a season right now where you're called to make significant sacrifices with time and energy and resources and money for your children because your first ministry as a husband and as a father is your wife and is your children. Even if you're a full-time pastor or preacher or minister or missionary, if you've got a wife, if you have kids, your first and primary ministry is still your wife and your kids. And I, I think sometimes we forget that. And it, and it's okay to have hobbies and different things like that. But if they're getting in the way of you being fully engaged with your wife and your kid and really investing in them, in them in the way that you're called to, then those need to be put aside. I'm not saying you have to put everything aside and, yeah. and not do anything and never go golfing or never go play softball or never go camping or anything like that. And as the kids get older, you can start involving them. Yeah. those things. And um, that's a great way to end it. Those first ministry is your family. That's a good reminder for us all. Yeah. Cool, Patrick. Well, let everyone know where they can find you and anything you want to 
anything you're working on that you want to plug? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can find everything at dadhackers.us. That's our, our website. We have a, a free private Facebook group just for Christian dads. You can join that, request to join that. Uh, we have a podcast. We've been going for a little over two years, about over 120 episodes out now. So there's quite a catalog there that you could listen to. Yeah. Uh, keep you going for a couple of days. And we also have an Ironman Mastermind membership group that I put together. And there's there's information about that on the website as well. And that is, uh, if men want to join that, you know, what what are they getting out of it? So uh, long story short, I, I found that a lot of guys live life isolated and a lot of their struggles and things that they're dealing with, they feel like they are... Uh, dealing with these things alone and that they're the only one. And I think this is a scheme of the devil and negative, you know, self-talk that negative story that we tell ourselves. But in, what I found is that in reality, most men struggle with the same types of things. And we've just been deceived that I'm the only one that struggles with pornography, or I'm the only one that struggles with fear, or I'm the only one that struggles with self-doubt, or I'm the only one that you know, but when you get guys that are committed to one another, banding together, you have a trusted board of advisors, you can do great things. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's why we call it Iron Man from Proverbs twenty seven seventeen is iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And that is never more true. And we do it all virtually. So I mean we've guys yeah. all over the country and uh it works. That's great. In a digital age, there's no reason not to have an accountability group. So yeah, all the guys listening, if you're yearning for that, if that's something that fills a void in your life, check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. Well, thanks, Patrick, for coming on. It was great talking with you as always, and God bless you. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, brother. That is going to do it for today. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Hopefully you are enjoying this podcast. If you enjoy it, would you be so kind as to leave an honest review on Apple iTunes? Reviews, especially written reviews, go a long way in boosting the algorithm so other people can listen to the podcast as well. And sharing the podcast goes a long way. Just hit the share button, send it in a text message, send it over social media. People that know somebody who say listen to this go a lot further than just a random ad on the internet. Also, please go through the show notes. I always put a ton of links in there, ways to connect with my guests, ways to connect with what I'm doing, ways to support this ministry, get my book. All those things are in the show notes in every episode, so take time to check them out. And that wraps up the remaining of my launch guests that came back. I had an awesome time talking to them a second time. And for next week, I have Matt Brown on the podcast. If you don't know who he is, check him out on social media and start following him. He has a book called Love and Truth we're going to talk about. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Until then, grow in discernment, go with God, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.